He shoots, he scores for another On the Bench with Beaks episode. Second one this week. This one's number 20. I am your host from coast to coast, Cody Beekman. I am always joined with Dirty in the Sheets, Keith Sanders. Hello. <laughs> I try to be clean, but how's it going, everyone? And we've got Ross ain't got no moss, wrote Mormeyer. And hey, how are you guys doing? And no, I don't. And then we've got Daniel Never Lady Beatty. <laughs> That's right. You ladies know I'm never early. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and today we are joined by a very special guest. We've got Mike Freeman. Mike, say hello to everybody out there. Hey, guys. i got to just say so honored and privileged to be here with you guys. I've been watching this thing grow. And, uh, man, what a, what a joy it is to be here with you guys. Well, thank you so much for uh, saying that, man. We uh, we really like what we do, and you know, it's it's good seeing everybody really listen in, and uh, you know, I like I like seeing those listens go up every week, and hopefully it continues. So this week we've got a we've got a jam packed episode, just like I said in nineteen. Uh, we've got well, I mean, straight today we've actually got a Seattle name for the thirty second franchise in nhl history we've That's got right. some we've got a hole of blue with uh jeremy ronick oh god bring that's it. gonna be fun just to get bring into. it <laughs> and we and boys don't worry uh daniel and i we saved a little extra meat from the nhl award finalists we're gonna be talking about the calder trophy the very last one we really want to talk about so we're going to get into it with Hockey Day in History. And as you may know, Mike, our, our newcomers always do, uh, do the honors first. So you got a Hockey Day in History for us there, bud? I do. I have one from July 23rd, 1957. Taking it back. And taking it back to the 50s. And, and what I love about this one is in one of the biggest trades, Detroit traded tra- uh, Ted Lindsay and Glenn Hall to Chicago in exchange for four guys, Johnny Wilson, Hank Basson, Forbes Kennedy, and Bob Preston. You think about that, like, if you're, if you're a guy that's traded for two other guys, two that's got to, yeah, yeah like any kind of trade where it's like, hey, I'm worth both of you. Or I'm worth all <laughs> yeah. four oh, yeah. of you. Right? Oh, easily. Yeah. That's got to feel good. Oh, right? yeah. That's got to, that's got to pump your party well and at that time it's probably a blockbuster trait there boys oh, uh, like just for the truly yeah did they have black blockbuster movies back then or no <laughs> no, no it was probably more <laughs> like uh you know the, the uh, silent song and or dance something. or something like cinescope that. <laughs> uh, it's the cinescope trade <laughs> but i mean, uh, I mean it is i mean uh, think about this i mean back in if nhl network was uh, like alive back then this would have been on for at least two weeks. I mean, everybody would have been talking about oh, this yeah. trade. Easily. Ten, Ted Lindsay and Glenn Hall, huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, like when you say it's one of the biggest tra- uh, trades to go down, you ain't, you ain't kidding. Oh, no. I mean, it's just Ted Lindsay and Glenn Hall, they had a big, big part of that whole Detroit organization. He was terrible Ted, right? Yeah, yeah, terrible Ted. Yeah, but absolutely. That was such a huge part of that whole Detroit hockey scene. Yeah, both of those. Well, Glenn guys. too. Yeah, Glenn Hall as well. So nice hockey day in history. Yeah, thank I like you. That. Yeah, all right, uh, all right, uh, Never Lady Beatty. <laughs> Let's see if you're on time with this. So one. Uh, because we'll be at Dog Bowl next week and oh. not necessarily doing an episode on the thirtieth uh, to 
to I'm just using my hockey day in history as if it's next week because it's a cool one. Uh, so in 2005, on July 30th, we had the NHL entry draft that saw some pretty big names in it. That we're talking. This is the one with Sidney Crosby going Ooh. number oh, one. Oh, go down the line. I That's just right, want to uh, and this. it's pretty cool. We got Sidney Crosby winning a few Hart trophies. Then we got Bobby Ryan with a few trips go. to rehab, Jack Johnson with a few albums coming out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Benoit Pouliot with a few cups with Sydney there. Absolutely. Uh, Carrie Price. Carrie P, man. Oh my gosh. And then it gets a little uh, different. We got Gilbert Brule, Jack Skilly, Devin Setaguchi, Brian Lee at number nine for Ottawa. And the one I want to touch on real quick is uh, Luke Bourdon at number 10 because he got drafted by the Canucks and he didn't really get to play too long for them um, in the system because he died in a motorcycle accident. Rest oh, in wow. peace, Bardot. And wow. uh, he was really big uh, friends with uh, Alexander Burroughs. Okay. So oh, that there's guy. this period of time during the 2005-2006 season. If you watch Luke, uh, sorry, Burroughs score a lot of goals, his goal celebration was Luke Bourdon's goal celebration. Oh, wow, that's cool. As a way cool. of kind of paying homage a, a to what kind of ended up happening him. the yeah. next year after he perished in that accident. So oh, quite on cool. time. Yeah. Quite yeah. on time. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say Devin Setaguchi was an incredible mm-hmm. grinder kind of player. I mean, Setaguchi, he, I mean, he didn't have the longest, he didn't have the longest career either. But, I mean, he made a mark for the San Jose Sharks Definitely. for a very long time. So that's a really good uh, hockey day in history. Nice. Uh, what do we got, Ross? Well, um, well, not probably our favorite player, but back in the day, finally, the Chicago Blackhawks got Bob Probert. Granted, he played for, oh. yeah, yeah, and it, that was July 23rd. In 1994, so, yeah. I have a lot of mixed feelings about Bob, Bob Probert. I mean, um, you and I, Russ, we uh, we watched the Bob Probert documentary. Oh, on Amazon. and that led a huge and discussion after. <laughs> at a at a at like a moment's glance, you see this guy who's just a you know a user, a drunk, a total asshole. But you got to think at this point. You know, with all these fights and all this rough guy material that he had, the, that that had to make a huge stamp on his brain. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, that and it's just kind of how, uh, as we did, as you and I talked about, it was just sad how the NHL just almost just swept it underneath the rug. And both. Uh, it was I the mean, big, like pink elephant in the room. But nobody wanted to address the situation properly, Detroit, and that was kind of sad. Detroit mm-hmm. and Chicago. I mean, you've got this guy. Yeah, they're writing this uh, this clause into your contract. Well, you got to go to rehab. The thing is, he spent what two, three days at a rehab every time that was written in. Oh yeah. And he signed himself out. How is that possible? How does that? How does that not? How is that not a red flag to these teams that he, uh, he's playing he had, for? Well, that and he, yeah, that he also had a huge problem too. Obviously, I mean, uh, drugs and alcohol like crazy. Well, that and he wrapped what was it that Z twenty eight Camaro around a pole or something while g- heading to a game. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And like, and you know, with him, he you know when he was getting interviewed about it, he was laughing about it. 
But I think in in really inside of him, he was probably crying about it. Oh yeah. He after just, after all of this, I you think know? he just wanted to put on a good like kind of show or face or whatever, like a facade, a facade or something like that, well, just for the camera. But deep down, I guarantee you that he was hurting from that whole entire thing. Just yeah. not yeah. even physically, just mentally. I mean, well, yeah, th- there's a lot to unwrap uh, on that. I think we'll probably talk about that later. Let's. Well, uh, I must. I must say too. I, I watched the documentary too, and all in all, like, what a sad freaking story. Oh, dude, I you uh, know, I looked at Cody with tears in my eyes. But like, seriously, I can I can compare the guy. He's like the Dennis Rodman of the NHL. Is what I compare him to. You know, he has been made out to be like a Dennis Rodman. Yeah. you know what I mean. Eating garlic NHL. every night to just go and breathe in the other person's face and just didn't shower for it's days. just unfortunate that you know his life ended way way sooner and i'm sure that had a lot to do with what he was doing in his earlier days oh, yeah. but yeah man it's worth of a documentary to watch regardless absolutely oh, yeah. yeah i would definitely say we should so. probably do something later where we talk about our favorite movies that's you know? kind of that's kind of what i'm thinking there too. we go there we go you know one of our dog guys met dennis rodman <laughs> in one of the guys that's playing on my team It'd be worth maybe pulling him up at the dog bowl and asking him about it. I'll tell you, his name's Dan Turner, and he met Dennis Rodman on his, one of his recent trips and spent the whole night drinking with him at a bar. Oh, God. God, he and was I, drinking with the worm. <laughs> with the worm. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, God, I started thinking to myself, like, man, get me in a room with Dennis Rodman. I think I could talk him into playing hockey for a dog. Easily, two shots in, right, five totally. shots, whatever Yeah, it will is. you come play hockey on my team, right? <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, I'll do that. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to go right out and say that could be a very good Dennis, possibility. Dennis, if you're right. listening right now, exactly. if, if you're, you're just here, you got an open invite for the <laughs> exactly. dog bowl. That's right. Neighborhood yeah. dogs, Dennis. I mean, that, that guy's just a whole different story, man. Uh, uh, leave the wedding dress at home, please. Going to get caught in your skates, bud. Yeah. You know that that Michael Jordan documentary came out recently, and it just like reminded me of a bunch of stuff that I forgot about him, and it's just oh. that's a whole different conversation. Where I oh, was yeah. like, "Holy shit!" Agreed. <laughs> All right, Keats, let's uh, let's see what you got for hockey day in history. I mean, mine's mine's fairly boring, guys, today. Uh, but we're gonna go to July twenty fourth of two thousand and one. Uh, the Colorado have signed uh, free agent defenseman Todd Gill. Uh, it was just like a one year deal, I believe, two thousand two thousand one, and. If I'm not mistaken, he went to Chicago for another year, and that was the end of him. You know, much. it's so funny that you bring that up because my dad and I, we always have, like, a public enemy number one on on our, on our the Avalanche team, like, where we just berate incessantly, incessantly. It's just all the time. And I remember Todd Gill just being one of those guys that we just – we just love to shit on, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but, you know, like almost every year you got a guy that you could just dog all the time. Every team has one of those, you know. Or a they come and go. <laughs> Ta- yeah, yeah. Gilly was my, uh, Gilly was my, uh, my pops and eyes. And he for was a year. Well, well, he, and I mean, he was just he was in a he was in a transitional phase, like just like you said, Keats. He was only here for a year. It was it was right at the end of his. I, th- I think it was one of those things like ah, maybe I can do a couple years, and and that's what it kind of sounds like, you know. Yeah. Because uh, what it, he was in Toronto for most of his career, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't throw the years or anything, yeah, but I think he was there for right, yeah. quite a few seasons, and that's kind of where. It, 
that's typically what you see is with these NHL guys. You see typically a player will stay at a certain team for X amount of years. Then once the player starts getting tossed here and there, here and there, that's typically like, all right, he's about to retire yeah. phase. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the uh, veteran hot potato, basically. Yeah, yeah Do exactly. I still have it in me? Let's see. Well, I want to think so, but do other teams think so? That I think too. So, I think too. Right. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to round this uh, Hockey Day in History off with today. Oh, July yeah. 23rd. Here we go. It's 2020, right? Yes, yes still, unfortunately. Oh, man, I, I tell you what, <laughs> a year never to be forgotten. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Man. in the water, bud. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so today, the Seattle franchise finally laid down their nickname and put out uh, you know, a bit of a jersey concept. And that leads me into our first little news bit of the day. The Seattle NHL franchise have officially named their franchise the Seattle Kraken. Woo! Release I the thought, Kraken. I thought it was the Seattle Karens. The, I, what, what oh, 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 oh. Bad hairdos oh. with, like, really heavy lipstick or something. Helmet so it looks like the let yeah. me talk to your manager haircut. Yeah. Oh, yes. absolutely, yeah. <laughs> From, like, Kate Plus 8 or something like that. Yes. Yeah, they'd be. Yeah, that's that's fierce right there, right? I mean, can you imagine oh. everyone like demanding a trade every day from the general manager? <laughs> I want to like, I want to see the general manager. Yeah, exactly. I also want a refund as well. <laughs> you know what? All, jo- all jokes aside, though, congratulations to Seattle. Finally, that's awesome. Finally, um, obviously the Krakens. That was kind of like talked for quite some time, and oh, it, yeah. everyone kind of leaned. That's what. It, that's what it. That. Is gonna end up being. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I like the I like the jersey. Uh, one thing that I'll say is I'm a tad bit disappointed in the logo. Oh God! It's just, immensely. It um, they they were obviously going for that clean look. It almost seems like, um, which I'm all with. And and if you do, they they kind of have the logo and they describe what everything means. You know, the S is. For, you know, the Seattle, me- Metropolitans from back in the yeah. day. And, like, everything has its own meaning. Yep. But, man, I was just, like, waiting for this huge sea monster freaking, like, eating a ship or something. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I was just in- imagining something crazy. It's, and it was it just kind of like, bleh. <laughs> it's really funny that you mentioned that because um, Daniel and I, we had a conversation right before setting up. It was uh, the, uh, the, si- the shoulder level. Oh, yeah is an anchor but yep. it has the seattle space needle in it yes mm. hit him with it which uh, that's cool i think love it i think it would have been really cool to combine the s and the anchor for a main logo yeah you know or kind of do uh the concepts that they've had online i don't know if anybody of you i'm all over it yeah, yeah where they have the actual I mean, like on. trident and yeah because yeah. they had tentacles going up the trident at one of one point and they'd do that and then have the Seattle Space Needle in the center of that trident. Yeah. That's what I was hoping that they were kind of kind of lean on. <coughs> or, as you said, like a big old sea monster or something like that. Yeah. Eats, that would what, what, another, the name Kraken is in, just kind of weird. <laughs> and if you don't know what it means to other people, like, what, what the fuck is a Kraken? You know, you got to, like, do some research. But it is... Well, the chirping is uh, going to begin between the, it's already the subreddits and yeah. all the Discord groups and all that. Like, 
oh, welcome to the crack house, and yeah, all the fans right. are going to be crackheads. It's just, yeah. The goalies are going to be between the crack pipes, and yes. I, can, it's just, I it, can see that getting out of hand. It's just a weird but. name. <laughs> it's interesting, and what do you think, Mike? Uh, what, do you, what, do, what do you think about the Kraken? You know, Ross, can you hit me again with that? What? Release. Release the Kraken. As soon as I heard the Kraken today, that's what I heard in my head. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and no, I thought, Liam that's Neeson. badass. And that's you, badass. Because I hear Ross's voice in my head when I hear release <laughs> the Kraken. That's the first thing I thought of. Well, and when they finally decided that, not to interrupt you, Mike, but I thought of, like, the Pirates of the Caribbean where they hit the bottom of the ocean oh. with that huge old, like, pillar. Yeah, and all there you of a sudden, go. this huge old squid looking just monster just so comes up and just eats a So we know this arena is going to be like top notch everything, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's and supposedly a growing zero trend carbon. with arenas has been projection project, mm. projection mapping onto ice surfaces. Yeah. And my buddy James Crosby has been saying, like, this whole because the ice surface can be your seabed and stuff like that like oh, yeah. it's gonna add some really cool pregame it's just gonna end up being another vegas show no <laughs> I, I i don't think so i think they're gonna do more like just on ice mapping instead of that ridiculous like have a knight come out there and fight a guy in a, a you Jets know opposing <laughs> team uh, that is the most corny it, the cheesiest and then the knight always overcomes like Oh yeah, we're the knights. I don't think it's gonna get that bad. It, it is. But I do. I am interested in seeing like some of that ice mapping for, you know, just having like tentacle tentacles coming out of the ice, uh, it, like pregame. I think Keats is worried about Johnny Depp somehow being involved in this. <laughs> There's, you know the what? All if gone. those if those guys make it to the playoffs, I guarantee you Johnny Depp is going <laughs> to be in like no, the finals, that's right. that's coming right. out. Yeah, yeah like well, you know they I'll have Columbus like at work and light stuff. the cannon <laughs> from a special person, or Seattle has like the twelfth fan for their football franchise. Yeah. Like, yeah. And Drake's like the official ambassador for the Raptors. Like Johnny Depp just becomes like the freaking major viral. <laughs> well, I mean, you heard J- it here first, folks. Yeah, straight exactly. up. I mean, Jerry Bruckheimer is one of the uh, is part oh, owner of Seattle. It's so. happening then. Oh, absolutely. Uh, wouldn't this. that be hilarious? You're like walking the ring of the arena, and you accidentally find yourself in a Pirates of the Caribbean like just like float. That's like. Oh, this is what they did with the repurposed Hall of Presidents, people. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. But, hey, as a Canucks fan, the other thing that's, like, super exciting about this is uh, Canucks fans know the Canucks have, like, a really hard travel schedule because they're so far away from the majority of the rest of the league. So the fact that this other team's being added, I know it seems a little, like, in the weeds a bit but it's dope that we have another team most likely in our division that can now help with our travel schedule to hopefully make the games a little bit more competitive as well well, yeah. well not only that, that that's going to build an incredible rivalry yeah i've got because seattle and vancouver i'm, is I'm pretty so stoked about that yeah like when i lived there i would go to seattle a lot and uh there's a lot of people that go up to portland for uh hockey games as well for the um and 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 just stuff in general in the seattle and portland area and i can't like there's going to be so much of the vancouverites that already went on that california road trip 
when they do it every year that are now going to join it because it adds Seattle to the mix. It's going to be so fun. Well, I mean, it's a hop, skip, and a jump away. Oh, I'm definitely going to plan a a situation out there where I get to see Seattle play, and then Vancouver comes into town afterwards, and then it's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about it. Hell yeah, man. And, uh, you know, that's the thing is that I really think the NHL really needs another, like, really good old-fashioned, like, in-your-backyard rivalry. I mean, we've got a bunch of those in, like, the Eastern Conference in, like, the Metro and the Pacific, I mean, all those all those teams are so close to each other. Yeah, but you got, like, out there, I like where you're going there, Cody, because you've got the Battle of Alberta, and That's, then you've got, like, the San Jose-Anaheim situation. Well, with no, the, it'd with be the Los uh, Angeles. Vancouver, yeah. yeah, in L.A., and then you've kind of always had, like, Vancouver kind of hanging out in that situation, and oh, now yeah. it's, like close enough that that might become like the real rivalry yeah, and that would be awesome yeah because absolutely all those california teams are so close to each other you know it's like the battle of the freeway oh yeah no the freeway face-off is what yeah. they usually call it for la and anaheim and stuff but i mean still san jose we call them the red-headed stepchilds but i mean yeah it's always still a fun game to play against them absolutely so that's going to be really congratulations exciting. seattle man congratulations seattle but as Mike was saying, what's your views on the whole entire naming thing? Is that was that it? Well, I mean, again, I heard your voice in my head. <laughs> That's First it. thing, last thing. I just didn't know if you wanted to expound upon one that. more time, Ross. One more time. Release the kraken, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean that Chills. breeds fear Chills. in the heart of men, right? <laughs> So what do you think? You gonna be a uh, so Mike? Are you gonna be a Seattle Kraken fan or what? You gonna leave it leave it as it lies or? Well, you know, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm an Avs fan, which you know that's that's gonna be hard to change. Number one, I'm a USA Olympic hockey team fan. That's my number one, right? Like, hey, if there's Olympic hockey on, my kids and I will be up at five in the morning, like glued to the television american flags hanging everywhere in our living cheers room cheers to that buddy right hell yeah i yeah. love olympic hockey <clears throat> olympic hockey there's just it's something about it that just is in my blood i just can't even bear the thought of missing a game you know oh, absolutely. olympic olympic and world championships that's yeah, another one exactly. that's always yeah, fun I, I love that if too. you're not fans of the world junior hockey championships it's so much fun to watch over the winter break man they always have an really awesome is. rivalry game on like new year's eve or new year's day and you're basically watching the best what would be olympics but for under 18 hockey right it's awesome oh yeah so that's number one and then the abs and then you know absolutely like following a new franchise like that watching them grow is going to be is going to be fun absolutely i mean like uh i mean you can't really say anybody anybody uh is like a golden knights fan here but let's be honest with you i mean if you enjoy hockey you kept an eye on the golden knights when they when they first came into the league and i kind of feel like it's going to be the same way which i'm excited for and um i mean seattle vancouver beautiful rivalry plus like um there used to be like this issue. I remember being, I lived in Toronto when the Raptors came into the league as an expansion team in the NBA. And like back then it was very known that you were allowed to suck for a really long time. But the NHL, the way they've been doing their expansion drafts has been awesome. So like not to say that the new GM in Seattle is going to replicate first year final success like George McPhee did. 
no. but he proved it's possible under Absolutely. this expansion draft system. Oh, if you get the right so pieces, So you get yes. people excited about the team right away instead of like, yeah, I'll, I'll tune in in a few years when they don't lose 45 plus games every year. Well, let's be honest. I mean, them just like hanging on and hanging on to, uh, you know, releasing the name alone has been like has had everybody i mean uh, the hockey guys talked about it i mean mm-hmm. spitting chicklets has probably talked about it mm-hmm. they're like what the hell is seattle gonna name their team so that i mean as as far as anything goes i mean they they know how to you know create a a fluid uh fluid convergence of attention and but the thing is, is like the GM's got to back that shit up. I mean, oh, and yeah. he's got a lot of big boots to fill with George McPhee. Yeah, it's a hard coming in and just blowing everybody. Yeah, he he off. definitely set that crossbar too high. You know, there'll be too too many high sticking penalties. I don't know. I'm making a bad joke. But. <laughs> well, well. Anyways, let's move on to uh, something. Uh, something that needs to be talked about i mean it's not always a fun one but hockey star jeremy roenick has sued nbc sports for wrongful termination on uh like two fridays ago i think it was for uh, for the uh, the remarks he made on spitting chicklets about Catherine tappan oh uh, Catherine tappan and his wife yeah. and his wife mm-hmm. yeah. and his wife yeah yep. yeah uh, that's and why they call it a threesome because there's yeah, well, the wife know, and somebody else. He or, commented on yeah. uh, what was it? Good old Sharpie, too. Yeah, even he <laughs> made a comment on Sharp, which uh, which will actually play into a little bit of what what we're gonna cover of this is that uh, he claims that he was wrongfully terminated from an anti uh, heterosexual bias. So basically, what that means is that. Um, Ronick is saying that he was terminated for being too straight. Uh, held to a different standard compared to non-straight people. Yeah. And the reason he has that base argument is, first of all, everyone listening, this is the wrong way of thinking. Because someone else got away with it, it's okay that I got away with it. Yeah. That's first off his first argument. Second of all, I said those things, but Catherine apologized and didn't think it was a big... I- or Catherine said it was no big deal, and so that makes it okay. Also not okay. So those two things going into this, and then it's like, oh, well, these other colleagues I work with who have come out as gay have said similar things to me and have not been terminated. Or pe- like and so patronized like yeah, he has been. So well, they're treating me differently than those of other, uh, like, I guess identities of sexual orientation well and, and let me it's tell you discriminating to me because of that because anyway. i'm straight and i'm talking about a co-worker by the but, way i was already co- fired from my stupid comments let me make more but i do want <laughs> I, I do want to make it known that the comments he's citing was johnny weir yep. talking uh, talking about people's uh body parts while you know, uh, commentating an ice, ice skating competition. So, they may have came off a little, you know, sexual or whatever. Yet he's not out at a uh, a private podcast 
let's say, and talking about how he wants to put the rails to Catherine Tappan. Johnny Weir's not out there saying that, oh, yeah, well, if that guy was if that guy was taking a swim with my, my husband, I'd be banging him because he's so fucking hot. You know, it's a yeah. different it's a different situation. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's all it, it's unfortunately coming down to context, which I mean, Johnny Weir is literally doing a job. And I mean, just because, you know, that idea that he's gay, but he makes makes said comments about men's body parts while commentating. It's not like he's saying out there like, oh, yeah, I'd put the rails to that guy if I could. Yeah. On live TV. But, yeah. And. Go ahead. Does anyone else want to jump in here? Because I'm triggered by this whole situation. No, it's stupid. No. Yeah. Uh, well, but the thing <laughs> about what Mike, like, uh, but Weir is saying, though, is like, maybe what we need to recognize is that his network didn't handle the Weir situation properly. And the fact that he's using that as like, oh, well, because they took this action with Weir and then they took this action with me, I'm being discriminated against what is being lost is like maybe they didn't handle the weird situation properly either and then they're using he jr is using that as his comparison and it's like you know if someone doesn't get caught for something and then you do the same thing and you're then caught you don't say because that person wasn't caught i'm not allowed to be caught right yeah. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't like where he's coming from with his basis of his argument because uh, what he said, it doesn't need to be compared to what other people have said. What he said was wrong. And yeah. the way they handled it, in my opinion, was correct. Oh, yeah. And so then for him to say you handled it wrong because in the past you've handled other situations this way is against the recognition that what you're doing now is still wrong and ignoring that maybe in the past they handled it incorrectly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what do you think, man? Well, part of my history, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I used to be a school administrator for a lot of years. So what what you're saying really resonates because I used to deal with, I mean, parents would make that argument so many times. Well, so-and-so got away with that. Mm -hmm. Well... I don't know about that. That wasn't investigated. That wasn't even reported. So how do I... That's irrelevant. Like, your kid punched this kid in the face, you know, and he's going to be suspended from school or, or she is going to be suspended from school for... Can we just agree that that's not the right. way we handle problems? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Like, so I think that's, you know, a really good point of, like, you know, you want to... I think we need to come back as a as a society to say, you know, how do we how do we respectfully like talk about things and 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 make sure that we're we're listening to one another and making sure that like people people are are just respectful of each other in general. I mean, I just that's the probably the one thing I really worry about in terms of our country this issue being a part of it is how do we how do we listen and be respectful and create civic and civil dialogue around issues you know where mm. 
I feel like that's really a lost art of how do you listen to somebody else's point of view, understand where they're coming from. And, and if you can do that, you can probably begin to influence other people. Yeah. If you can't, people just kind of go to their polls and just become further entrenched in their beliefs. And that worries me. You know? mm. And I, li- I like what you say there. And uh, um, I'm going to ask this question. Uh, so uh, Jeremy Roenick is coming out and making a lawsuit of this. Like, what do you think that kind of message sends to other people? Like, or children, you know, kids that or, you know, anybody like that, uh, you know, he's mad that he got fired. So he's going to blame something on something, someone else for the actions that he made. What do you think that kind of th- uh, message that sends to, you know, the younger generation? <clears throat> sure. Yeah. One of the things I think about all the time is, you know, as a coach, as a public figure, as a former school administrator, as a teacher, as, you know, as a father, right? How do we help instill personal accountability and hold each other accountable for how we act and behave, right? And so I think that's a really important piece is, you know, how do we, how do we create that? Because without personal accountability and actually community accountability saying, no, that's not okay. You know, like what you said is not okay or what you did is not okay. Um, and not being able to hold ourselves accountable, you know, that, again, that creates a society that is built on something less than a solid foundation, you know? Wow. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see We'll see what comes of it later. I mean, in my opinion, it's, it's a lot of just like, uh, you know, throwing what I did on somebody else, but we'll, uh, we'll see if anybody has any other opinions. We'd li- love to hear it. But I mean, Mike, that was, I was pretty spot on if, uh, yeah. if you're asking me. Well, thank yeah. you, buddy. Thanks. I, yeah. <laughs> the only thing I'll add to that is like, if JR's ruling is that you're right, you were wrongfully discriminated mm. against, then what that tells people is it's okay to make those comments as long as after the fact you apologize, the other person involved doesn't also recognize what you said was a problem. And that's what I'm concerned about is likewise, you are allowed to get out of jail free as long as you then apologize Mm -hmm. and everyone involved with it also is okay with it because that's the systemic problem we're trying to, Mm -hmm. we're trying to break here. So, right. Absolutely. And there's so many systemic problems that you think in terms of like, as we look at society where you need that too, right? You need like, you, you need a venue or an avenue for people to make mistakes and figure it out. Right. So I'm a big believer in like restorative justice, right? Oh yeah. You make a mistake. How do you, how do you, how do you restore yourself to the person that you offended, Mm -hmm. the person that you hurt? And what do you do to make that right? And if you do that correctly, oftentimes everybody grows from it. Mm-hmm. The oh, victim, absolutely. The perpetrator, the people around everybody, everybody grows. But that if you don't have the opportunity to do that and it's not handled correctly, then, then again, then the opportunity for, for individuals and I would argue society to grow is lost. So I, mm. worry, I do worry about that a little bit too if people people being judged 
so quickly within our society today because of, you know, I mean, that's just the, the, the world we live in where judgment happens very quickly with social media where can we allow people to, to grow and change. And understand kind of <clears throat> what they did wrong or what was wrong with a situation. Exactly. Yeah. So, JR, I'll, I'll say this to you as advice. Like, look at what Drew Brees did in football and realize that his comments about kneeling around the anthem were incorrect and how now Drew Brees is looking to make change instead of looking for a way to sue someone for thinking his comments related to that are now going to ruin or damage his reputation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Realize that what you're doing is influencing the narrative of how this plays out and maybe you should be looking at your voice in that. Uh, by the way, you're trying to get into the Hall of Fame, so maybe this isn't the greatest <laughs> idea for you. But cough, by the cough, way, cough. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've totally said my piece on this at this point. No, I totally agree. And uh, like when when you're really looking at it, like your actions obviously have an effect, and now it, it's you've been affected by them. And what you can do after that is exactly make it make mm. make it better or learn from this and from what i see is like the greedy approach like yeah it's clear that he has not learned anything from it maybe maybe that's a little too judgmental but we'll save that for another time yeah and really it's about like we all want to see transformation mm -hmm. right in our society and people right that's a great story right mm -hmm. of do that when right? people do that when people handle things correctly people go man that's awesome like that person like look at how they've transformed over time or through that adversity he's and, made strides right man. and yeah. people can celebrate that you know but so well put give us something to celebrate right mm -hmm. yep all right if uh if if anything else let's uh let's pump up the uh the episode here we've got uh you know like i said we left a little like a uh, little meat for you boys on the bench to Thank talk you. about the Calder finalists, the Calder finalists. Uh, do you give me you, shit about you that? You already all know the, the answer to that. <laughs> the Calder yeah. finalists, yes. And you already know the answer to that. Absolutely. So let's <laughs> yeah. let's let's do a quick one, real quick. I mean, uh, it doesn't have to be super, uh, you know, super Kill deep. Because <laughs> I mean, kale, we, kale, we got we got we got really deep. Who likes kale? It's four. I on, like kale it's four now. On one right now, guys. <laughs> we got really deep with that Jr. situation, and I love that. So let's let, let's get like you know just you know shallow kind of little thing. So uh, Calder finalists: Kale McCarr from Colorado. Yes. Uh, Quinn Hughes from Vancouver. Yes. yes. Dominic Kubalik. From Chicago. Yes. So, <laughs> so I'm going to... I'm gonna, My uh, man. I'm a, <laughs> yeah, I know where Ross is going I think him and Keith, they're like just sitting there like, Kale, Kale, Kale. Kale, 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 Kale. Probably more than just like a, a vegan that hasn't had like... Hasn't had proper <laughs> sustenance in a while. Besides how horrible <laughs> that name taste going into your mouth he hey, he does a lot dishing it out they've man. got some decent stuff out there easy easy all right let's do a quick breakdown uh mike let's get your uh let's get your gauge on that who are you taking for the calder finalist the rookie of the year are you going kamakar quinn hughes or dominic kubalik 
well, if I'm not mistaken, this is an award for like the a person who shows a lot of proficiency in their first year. Oh yes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So much. And so, which is an interesting term, right? Proficiency. So when I think about Kale McCarr, this guy is like advanced, right? He's right. above his peers. We're not talking proficient. We're talking advanced. We're talking a, you know, a level that is above his peers. And so that's where I would say, you know, you have a kid who, who is shown himself to be advanced and, and therefore the candidate. All right. Daniel. Couldn't have said it better. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Daniel, what do you think? Uh, Kale McCarr. Well, what, I, what I'd first like to say is uh, similar to what I was saying the other day. GMs take note. Draft good defensemen mm. yeah you can get good forwards every year you cannot get good defensemen every year and well, these guys will change your franchise and not even that top-notch defenseman like so he's it's he has done an amazing job uh here's the thing that i've noticed is similar between the two kale mccarr was thrown into a very hard decision last year Hey, welcome to the league. Starting the playoffs. Have fun. Yeah. Uh, right. And yep. now you have Quinn Hughes basically in that situation, but for the regular season for Vancouver. Yep. He's uh, had, he's had, you know what? Maybe just start. Okay. Never mind. You're start. Okay. Never mind. We're going to push you to 30 minutes a night sometimes. So how much has Quinn Hughes meant to Vancouver? I think he's meant more to Vancouver than Makar has meant to Colorado, okay? Uh, That is different from proficiency, (laughs) and I still like Makar more, but uh, that is like the closest thing I will ever say to going against the Canucks because like Quinn Hughes, you did an amazing job this year. You really stepped up. The only thing that's probably up for debate is the fact that McCarr played less games than uh, Hughes. So it's like, uh, oh, due, but due then when McCarr, yeah, 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 of course. But, I mean, that's a real thing. McDavid didn't win the Rookie of the Year because he had a broken collarbone, right? Well, yeah, and, and so, he's, not, he's not here in the heart this year. Yeah, so, he's not here in the Ted Lindsay. Exactly. So, year. like, you have to factor that in. But, eh, McCarr's nominated. So he did, he did get past that hurdle um so i i the thing is i'm a i'm a big into the stats of per game or to your team type relate relation and quinn hughes has better stats but mccarr had a bigger impact in the games he played so uh i like mccarr um as like a close second but i i i feel like people will recognize that the impact to the season Hughes has made will win him the Calder. Mm, right and on. obviously I can't choose against the Canucks anyways. So. You little biased <laughs> ass motherfucker. What do you got, Ross? What do you think? As well, I sit here wearing an Avs jersey. I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, the hypocrisy. Dan- Dano hit on every single note that I was because watching Hughes just come out and change the whole entire – with Petrushin and – all that lineup that he has had, and they've been in this rebuild kind of mm-hmm. big old rebuild movement. It's been a huge asset for them. I'm still going with Kale McCarr because just being there for the playoff goal, his first goal, 
and everything else and just seeing what an impact in person that he had with the Avs in those detrimental moments at home. It's, yeah, I'm going with my boy, the home the hometown guy. All right, what do you think there, Keats? I mean, I'm just going to be repeating everyone, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kel McCarr, man, 100%. I mean, between, you know, Mike and Daniel, like he just, the guy just proved himself. Right off the bat, just like Daniel mentioned, got thrown in right into the playoffs, you know, and the kid just like instantly just like, all right, I guess I'm playing in the league and just killed it. Welcome oh, yeah. to the show. You know? Yeah. And and you, you, you have to think about, like, you have to, like, put yourself in his skates and, like, holy shit, like, here I was playing, you know... I was just, like, trying to make I'm, it. I'm in the NCAA Frozen Four. Yeah, that's great. But, uh, oh, so I just but got the, a call that I'm going to be playing right. yeah. in the NHL right. fucking playoffs. Right, yeah. right out of the blue. Now you're like, hey, no, actually, you're going to go play with the Avs. And, hey, by the way, they made the playoffs. So you're going to be starting and playing with these guys. And uh, this and is a legitimate, like, swing of uh, momentum kind of game, too. I mean, And I'm, you come in and you fucking score one of your first goals in the inning. Right. So. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'd probably shit my pants if I was in his skates. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The way uh, he handled it and then just scores a goal. And then I, I believe, wasn't there a video of his parents just like ecstatic? Oh, oh they like, were oh losing their yeah. minds. Yeah. Like, uh, if he came the new Tomash hurdle, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but okay. Based on what you just said, though, how is Quinn Hughes not shit in his pants? And I believe uh, just for the record that it's shit my breezers. Yeah, yeah. Breezer, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I guess I don't have a good reason for you, man. I, uh, you might be right, and I, he might be sh- shitting like, his when's the last time well. the Canucks made the playoffs before Quinn Hughes well, was drafted? So uh, I, I, I guess the only reason was how I in twenty fifteen. Yeah, I guess what I was what, what I was trying to say was, um, I mean, not only I get it. Yes, you're you're it's, hey, you're going to the NHL. Shit my pants. Yeah. But, like, in Kel McCars, hey, you're going to the NHL. But, by the way, it's the we're, playoffs, it's the playoffs yeah. as well. And you're, you're, from, and you're playing. You're, like, at, you're getting Congratulations on your nice so, awards in college. Like, right. here's you're the go, real you're going, show. Like, you're going from you're right. the fire, pra- fire pan, uh, uh, frying pan. Oh, my gosh. You're going from the fire frying pan into the fire, basically. Yeah. Where Kale McCarr is yep. sitting. Isn't he like three days after the Hobie Baker Award? Right? Yeah. And he's like in the NHL playoffs. He yeah. probably showed up in the locker room like yeah, with his trophy. It, it reminds yeah. me a lot of. Can I put uh, this somewhere? Right? Like Cam Ward when he won the Stanley Cup like a week earlier or later he got married because he was like, I didn't expect to be in the Stanley Cup finals. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like next thing he knows, he's like, well, life had some milestones pretty quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lay down my opinion. And I'm actually, uh, before this, I, was, I had my mind made up. And uh, gauging from, eh, from what everybody has said tonight, uh, I'm gonna build my I'm gonna build my answer up to what I've heard. So check this out. Todd said proficiency. Proficiency, proficiency for proficiency. 
I'll tell you right now, Kale McCarr, extremely proficient, especially your first official year in the NHL and all of your top top two lines of offensive uh, basically weapons go down. So basically it's you as an offensive defenseman and Nathan McKinnon. Incredible. Proficiency. Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes well let's be let's face it. I mean Vancouver Canucks they do not have a very strong defensive line at all. Can you uh, tell especially me? now that Sven Bierci is like you know, Well Sven Bierci is a, a center. Yeah, he's a forward. Yeah, but and now he's you know I know I'm opted out. But I mean who who else is going to be your top line defenseman in Vancouver? That's why he goes from 20 to 22 to 30. And extremely proficient. Dominic Kubelik. Let's talk about Oh, Kubes. yeah, that other third guy. That's right. There that is a third guy. I'm looking at you, everybody out there in, in the YouTube sphere. I don't know. There is a third guy for this Calder Cup. So... Dominic Kubelik, the most consistent player of all three. All right. Chicago Blackhawks missed the playoffs last year. Nobody's talking about Kubelik going into this new season. Nobody's thinking, oh, Dominic Kubelik, he's going he's gonna to just rip this league apart. Dominic Kubelik is proficient, and he's extremely skilled. It's unfortunate that he didn't have a t- he doesn't have a team around him, yet they are still in the playoffs. For what reason? Patrick Kane and Dominic Kubalik. Johnny Taves absent, but you've got Dominic Kubalik and Patty Kane. So, in a perfect world where it was completely fair and proficient and actually looked at proficiency and how they added to the uh, to the lineup, Dominic Kubelik. I spent all this time making great points, making sure he was in the Canucks jersey today, and it didn't matter. God damn it. Damn it. That's, you know, that's, you're, there, there's a lot to be said about there is a, guy a lot that, to be said about that. A guy that comes into a program that lifts it up, you know, immediately and yeah. creates, you know, excellence in a program. That's that's like a blue chip guy, right? I'll, I'll tell you right oh, now, yeah. you know, I, I, I love watching uh, looking at prospects that are going into the uh, that are that are gonna be big names in hockey. You know, I love looking at stats and everything. I heard zero word about Dominic Kubelik coming into this season, yet here he is Scoring what? At least thirty-five goals, maybe twenty assists. Wow! You got thirty-five no goals. No one, no one is talking about Dominic Kubelik. I didn't so, even realize. Oh my goodness! Thirty-five goals. Good guy. This man, this man has skill, and he. Nobody's talking about. It. Everybody's talking about Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. Quinn Hughes. Jack Hughes. Capo Caco. Capo Caco and Jack Hughes. We all know how that went. Wah, 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 it's how wah. you present yourself is what it comes down so. to. 
I mean, the man, the man's a Patrice Bergeron when you really think about it. Patrice Bergeron wasn't even supposed to make it into the NHL. Yeah, now, right. you got Dominic Kubelik just lighting up shit. I, I mean, if it was really if it was really based off a of, like a true rookie coming in and just blasting stuff, gonna go Dominic Kubelik. Apparently, Cody's the only one that can vote without emotion involved. Good for you, man. Sorry, that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> it's, haters gonna hate, but it's the truth. All right, so <laughs> dropping that gigantic bomb on everybody. Let's, let's get to let's, yeah. let's let's uh, let's, uh, let's let's put focus on uh, yeah. Mike Freeman over here. This guy. This man, this that man's got a story. That guy, the guy with one and a half sleeves. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's a conversation love, for a different time, that's right? That's why I oh, love truly. this jersey, man. It's <laughs> like the story of humanity. Like, you know, I'm missing a sleeve. All right, Mike. So, honestly, <laughs> let's get to the nitty-gritty. We always like to. I mean, On the Bench with Beaks likes to get down to perspective of hockey. Let's start, let's start where anybody else starts your life. So, I mean, you were actually t- highly touted as like a CU quarterback. Can you tell me a little bit about like how that how that came about and all that? Yeah. So, <clears throat> man, I love my CU buffs. So that's you know a, a perfect fall day is being at a at Folsom Field watching my Golden Buffaloes. So um, with my family and kids, and so as a uh, I, w- I played football um, my whole life. I wasn't. I, I played a little bit of hockey as a as a young kid, but you know, anybody that's out there that's trying to do both football and hockey, they know. Like at some point, right? You got to make a choice. Oh, they clash. Yeah, they clash. Right. Yeah. So I got a, I got a little. Uh, I got five kids, but my fifth kid, his name is Johnny, and uh, his nickname's Johnny Football. Right. So like Johnny Jump Cut. <laughs> So, of course, he had to go with football, right? But right. he wanted to do hockey. He wanted to do both. But we were playing We were playing um, his football season, and I was coaching him. And he was playing hockey, and I was coaching him. And, he, and hockey tryouts came, and he said, Dad, I, don't, I, can't, I can't do both. Like, I haven't even played my first football game, and I've got a tryout for hockey. He's like, I don't want to do that. I haven't even played my first football game yet. So, Oh, yeah. So the same thing for me as a kid, right, where, like, you know, A, my parents couldn't afford it, and B, um, you know, you can't do – it's hard – it's really hard to do both. So I was a football guy and uh, loved football and ended up having a chance to go to the University of Colorado. And uh, and it was was funny because had I gone in to see you at a different time, um, I probably wouldn't have have even been able to make the team, but – in 1989, I was able to um, uh, be a part of uh, our first run, Colorado's uh, first run of a national championship. We went uh, 11, I think it was 11 and 0 or 10 and 0, and we lost to Notre Dame in the um, in the uh, national championship. We were undefeated. We lost one of our teammates that year, Sal Anessi. Um, to cancer and it was um, an incredible journey of watching a team coalesce around a fallen teammate you know so that's really cool you know and, and there's that story like you see it time and time again in sports and in life where people do amazing things when they have a teammate that is fallen right and people rally around that and that's actually the story of dog nation hockey foundation where um, our original dogs team 
uh, we, we had three guys that had cancer and one guy who yeah. passed away from an autoimmune disease and Dog Nation was started to, yeah. to rally around that person. So I think there's a, there's, a, there's a thread there that it's really powerful. And so I was able to uh, be a part of that team in 1989. And then in 1990, um, I was a part of the, the team again. I was a, I was a backup quarterback and, and um, Darian Hagan was a starting quarterback. If you've never watched Darian play football, that guy is just a wizard, man. He's just magical. He, I think he's one of the best option quarterbacks to ever play the game. Uh, Jamil uh, Holloway from Oklahoma was amazing. Um, some of the Nebraska quarterbacks that ran the option were amazing. But well, oh, back in that dad. day, that was that was you too. Oh, was like, yeah. See you in Nebraska. You know, yeah. Just oh man. Teeth and teeth. Eh? Exactly right. Yeah. So, so it was, a, it was an amazing. It was an amazing time to be part of the CU program and and uh, you know anybody listening out there in terms of like being part of a team and you know like playing time and I've coached football and man just be part of the team whether you're a starter whether you're the the backup guy like that sense of team and that sense of like accomplishing something together is the most important thing that's another thing i'd like to ask because i mean yeah uh uh, we we've had talks before you know back uh as uh episode nine when uh marty uh the dog father came on and yeah it actually had come out that you were work uh you had played for cu and you talk you talked about that documentary where you're like yeah man if you uh if you pause it at this right moment I'm sitting right next to the head coach. Exactly. You know, um, can you uh, can you just expand on just being a part of a team? Because I mean, uh, like football, hockey, it's really the same, and I think all of us can absolutely agree that being a part of a being a part of something so much bigger. I mean, whether it's a football team or a hockey team, it teaches you a lot. Like, can you just expand on just being a part of that? You bet, man. So. Uh, Bill McCartney was our head coach, and he was just an amazing leader and inspiration to everybody who heard him. So imagine being 19 years old, right, and I'm listening to this guy talk. He would give a pregame speech every Thursday before the big game, right? Oh, yeah. And he would be like, you know, this guy, you know, um, Barry Sanders playing for uh, Oklahoma State this guy and you'd describe him and you'd just be like you'd just be enthralled with his description of your opponent right and be challenged like the defense is in the room going can you stop this guy who's gonna stop this guy right and he just had this way of speaking about life about football about being a great man a great person of character that just inspired you right so imagine 19 years old i want to like i wanted to tape it like i wanted to put my like class recorder um, you know, in these days, it'd be your iPhone putting it on the table and recording. No, you got, but the, you got the tape recorder. Yeah, you got the tape recorder. Yeah. You sit down. You got and, the mini cassette. And mini cassette, exactly. <laughs> and so, but I was always afraid to do that because, like, you know, what is everyone, like, why are you taping, why are you taping this? But that's how powerful it was, right, where you wanted, you wanted to record this for all time because it was so inspiring. And so, you know, that was an incredible season. And Coach Mack started that season off, the 1990 National Championship season, with a challenge to the team where it was, it was together, everybody accomplishes more, right? 
So it was that whole perspective of like it's not about any individual. We got a lot of great players on the team, but it's about everybody doing their job, everybody playing their role, you know, to and everybody loving one another, right? And everybody everybody having personal accountability coming back to our prior conversation and everybody holding each other accountable because if we're going to be national champions you got to have all of those things and so it was um it was an incredible journey to watch guys go you know what i'm i'm in on that and one of the things he said was he said you know if you if you're not in come see me if you can't buy in to everything i'm saying come see me so I went, I went to see him. I like, hey, uh, Coach Mack, can I have a minute, you know? And so I was, I was terrified, but I was on the team with, like, a lot of these guys that, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a scout team guy, right? And so some of these guys coming in, they're blue chip players coming in from all across the state, from Houston, from L.A., from everywhere. Just having all these and incredible transplants. Incredible egos right that i'm like yeah. man coach is asking me to like love this guy unconditionally and I'll, how am i gonna do that like and so i i went and met with them i said like i'm struggling with this and to his credit he cleared his schedule for his scout team quarterback for an hour and took me through and and by the time i left his office i was like all right i'm in and so i did i think that just says so much about him as a coach to say i i want everybody on this team to buy in to where we're going as a team and even my third string quarterback right so i think you know like as you think about leadership right it's like everyone is valuable on this team and so that's really stuck with me in terms of you know how i lead and how i treat people in terms of you know like yeah the guy who's scoring goals or scoring touchdowns or on the on the you know head of the podcast like cody beekman right (laughs) everybody everybody's (laughs) valuable so that it was you know that those were some really special years and i i think about coach mack all the time and the and the person that he is and and how he led the team wow um that's incredible i mean that that that's exactly what uh you know, I mean, I can't speak for all the boys, but I think I think I could just go ahead and say this is that that's exactly how, you know, we we kind of thought about hockey, you know, having a really good coach that that really led a team. And um, I mean, maybe if we never really had that, but I mean, hockey, just like for you, football has really just kind of shaped your incredible mindset you know right and you think about all of us i think i think we would probably agree that we all crave great leadership right whether it's from our from a national leadership like we want a a president that we can be proud of a president that like we can all go man that's a that's a a a woman or a man that i can be proud of and, and follow we want that we want a coach that we can follow. We want a, a boss that sets yep. a culture in our workplace that we go, I love this company. I love that person. Maybe I'm not making what I could at another company, but I'm all in, right? So that's, that's I, I'd rather not leave. Even with your peers, family, God, it just, Absolutely. Even, it just goes down the line. It does, like, right? It really does. Mm-hmm. It does, no. And I was out 
did chime in on that. Um, I mean, th this this was the main reason why I became a fireman. You know, playing hockey and stuff, you have just like that team, you have your coach, you got that camaraderie, you know, there's like something about it. And, and when you're out of it, you're like, you're almost kind of like lost. And then, you know, going into it, it's like, well, what can I find that could be as close to that? And I found my way into getting into what I do now. But no, it's like, I mean, you said it right on point. Yeah. Right on point. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I grew up, like, when you were talking about, like, uh, your coach, it was interesting because you said together everyone achieved more. And as you were talking about your coach, I was thinking about my coach, Tom Zarnick. Rest in peace, Tom Zarnick. Mm. Um, and our, I still have my T-shirt from my hockey team. And on the back of it, it says, together, everyone achieves more. Mm. So uh, it was really cool. Um, and I just, I really liked, like the other thing that stuck with me through like professional leadership that uh, I think everyone that is in sport um, should realize is a, is a byproduct of sport that applies to life is there's been moments in my life where I've like found myself asking myself the same questions that my coach would ask me before a game and the and one of the ones that's really stuck with me was always like if you can look yourself in the mirror and tell you yourself that you gave the best effort you can possibly can you can be disappointed with the result but you can take pride in knowing you tried your very best and like that's something that was told to me as a hockey player not as a person in life but i constantly go to that as not just a coping mechanism but a motivational mechanism in life and i think like that's the power of sport that i love as well is the way you're talking about your coach just makes you uh, it, it imprinted on you in a way that wanted you to expand upon that skill set beyond just sport right absolutely and so. think about like the message of like did i love my teammate unconditionally mm -hmm. right no matter what no matter how this season ends can i do that no matter what, do I love my wife unconditionally? Can I love my children unconditionally? Yeah. Can I love my friends unconditionally, right? Can you love yourself unconditionally? Can I love myself unconditionally? Absolutely, right? That actually helped me a lot stay in hockey because I moved from a different country and started to try to get into the clubs when I moved from Canada to the States. And, like, I got bullied in school a little bit but uh hey, me I got, too yeah yeah and, <laughs> oh and yeah especially it, it's kids, not yeah. it's not fun moving to canada uh, from canada to the states the year after the south park movie blaming canada uh oh no out, absolutely you know, not the, like the that's, big, uh, yeah. and, and i got razzed a lot mm. even on the team but then when i got on the ice and i let my skills do the talking it was like oh wait this guy is going to help us accomplish this goal and so on the ice like it didn't matter what was going on outside of sport. Like I was part of a mission everyone was trying to buy into. And like I needed people to love me unconditionally for me to be successful. Because if I felt like I was still getting that bullying like I was in the other parts of my life, I wouldn't be able to have excelled like I did or, or felt free and comfortable to do so. So 
yeah. I'm a recipient of what your coach has said, right. I guess. Right. You know? and I honestly think we all have had our times where that has been extremely prominent in our own lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like Keith said, like, I mean, coming from the Baltic, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, Keats, Keats knows all about that. But, I mean, the thing is, I mean, it's it's done a huge thing for my life, too. You know, I mean, maybe I haven't come from a different country or, you know, but I, I've all like when I was growing up, I, I've always had extreme, like extremely like difficult self-image issues, you know, and when you walk in especially when you walk into your first cut like basically into any uh hockey locker room that you you've just been like accepted to you know you've got that idea but you've you've got so many eyes looking at you like pretty much feeling the same way or you know just like who's this guy why is he here like why am i with him you know and you've got a lot a, a lot of just straight up just eyes looking at you and yeah. and yeah i mean with uh you know body image issues or just like your own issues in your own in, in your own right it's it's kind of hard just to like walk into a locker room like that into such a uh a, you know domineering sport yeah no absolutely man and you're you're, you're bringing up like memories like that very it was like a 5 a.m. practice that very very first time walking into that locker room at the promenade for the highland hills jaguars yeah not knowing anyone barely speaking any english and just be like here i am but you know what that year i was very lucky because i had super awesome teammates super awesome coach very acceptive you know but god imagine and uh, you know you you who knows? I could have walked into a team that was the complete opposite, you know? Truly. Yeah, no, uh, and I agree with that. You know what Keats, I mean? Yeah, well, and I didn't have, like, the best coach or the most amazing coach, but he always had a saying, we can't be rock stars every day. I mean, and that just that spoke volumes with me because you're not going to be perfect Every single time you show up on the ice and everything. Don't think you could be perfect. Yeah, you get what I'm once, saying. It's just like, know? yeah, but we all have our flaws. Just be the best self that you can be. And that's how I took that. Just, yeah, you make your own rock star. I mean, yeah. Wow, Mike, you've, you've just set like this huge set <laughs> of like. Uh, and I've enjoyed watching like it, watching the dialogue go around because. You know, it's interesting. You can, I think we all recognize, like, man, that's, you know, like, I'm not following a leader at work or, you know, a coach that's, that's, you know, that is great. So we all recognize when leadership isn't great and, and the implications it has in our jobs, our, our fields, our team. And it it makes you realize that when you have something like that, that's special, man. That is, that's where great. That's where greatness happens. That really cements your feet mm-hmm. into something uh, more. Yeah, yeah. Just try to rise above from mm-hmm. the situation and make yourself better. Right. I mean, that, that's a beautiful thing. But yeah. So I'd like to I'd like to find out where like the transition from you know 
see geez. you quarterback till uh, to <laughs> like hockey extraordinaire. Yeah. Hockey extraordinary, yeah. So, <laughs> I uh, I was a principal at the time, and uh, one of my one of my parents came up to me and said, "Hey, Mr. Freeman, can I talk to you a minute? Like, I understand your family's from North Dakota, and you played for Colorado, and uh, you know, uh, I'd like to talk to you about playing hockey with the, you know, with this old dogs team." And I'm like, "Man, that I haven't played hockey since." Uh, you know, since I was a little kid, like watching the 1980 Olympics, right? Like I haven't, like I used to skate outside at the time. My family was living in Wisconsin. We used to just skate out on the creek and the ponds out there. And, uh, and I was like, man, I would love to, I would love to do that. Like, what do I need to do? He's like, well, go to play. Here, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to play it against sports. Here's your list. Go buy everything nice. on this list. So I go do that. Meanwhile, he's talking me up to this, you know, to Marty and all the boys, right? Talking about how what a great athlete I am, oh. CU guy, North Dakota. And so I come into the locker room with all my stuff from Play It Against Sports, set my bag down. I'm watching Marty's brother, Nigel, get dressed. And I'm going, hey, uh, <clears throat> Nigel, uh, how do you put all this, how do you put all this stuff on? He goes, oh my God! You're BS. Not no only, way. <laughs> not only are you, you know, and you're you're this great athlete, and you're funny. Oh my God! And I'm like, you're so, <laughs> like I'm sitting here oh in pure desperation. Yeah. Like, no, I need to fucking know how exactly. This and I'm like, oh God, this is gonna be brutal, dude. So I watch Nigel get dressed. I do everything he does. Like, okay, clear tape. Okay. Oh yeah, I kind of, oh I kind of remember this. So I'm like putting on my shinies and wrapping them with clear tape putting in the over socks, you know, like I'm just following him step for step. So then we go out for warmups and like, you know, I just kind of skate over to the bench quickly and like, you know, like I'm watching them all shoot on the goalie. And if, you know, if, again, if you haven't played since you were like eight years old, I don't like, I don't even remember, like, how do you take a shot on the goal? Like, what's, uh, yeah. what's the protocol here? I don't even what's know. What's the process? Yeah, yeah. like, help. I'm scared. Like, I'm over on the bench, like, trying to arrange my water bottle, like, for five <laughs> minutes, right? Is everybody going to know that this is my water bottle? <laughs> exactly. And so I'm just wait. I'm just buying time. Like, I'm just, I don't want everybody to know how bad I am until, like, they know. And so. <laughs> delaying the inevitable. <laughs> exactly. Delaying the inevitable. So finally, That's like, great. I'm on the third line. Marty's out there he's like you know and I don't even know how to change I don't know like how to change or whatever you know like and so pretty soon Marty's like Freeman everyone's like Freeman get out here like, oh now now so I go over the boards kid you not clip my toe on the on the top of the board jumping over land right on my head in a big pile everyone's like oh my god what this seriously like was that a, like like are oh, we, he's still the funniest guy. Yeah, he's still always. He's the comedian. This guy's a comedian. Then they see me take off. So now I'm skating, and it's just like a baby giraffe on skates, just like bending, yeah. bending like crazy. Like, I'll get it. I'll get I'll it. Get, I'll get there. I'll get there. And it's like just the far me. circle from our bench too. So, oh my god! By the time I get there, I've got so much speed built, uncontrolled speed built up. Marty's standing in the face-off circle with the ref, and I can tell they're kind of talking about me like, oh, my God, this guy's new to our team. Who is this fucking guy? (laughs) Exactly. Be easy on him. And I come in out of control, take out Marty and the ref. 
and put us all into the boards because I just, I mean, I just smoked everybody because I couldn't stop. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is the worst shift of hockey ever I've ever heard of. The worst premiere of anybody's career ever. Oh, Lord. Wow. And then later in the game. Nigel makes the mistake of trying to carry the puck, and I'm I'm out there on the ice. He thinks I'm gonna be able to like change like directions quickly, <laughs> and I just you know 225 pounds at the time just smoke him, you know, <laughs> just go barreling yeah. into him. And he's on my team. He like, he like hits the ground. He hits the ice. He comes up like with his fists up, thinking someone from the other team hit him. And just he's like, ready to throw some bones. And he's <laughs> looking at me like, what? is your problem like how you were on my team and you just like um broke me you know <laughs> so that was my premiere to hockey since oh. then i've gotten a lot better <laughs> thank god yeah i don't think it thank could get any worse. Yeah. yeah it couldn't get any worse for sure <laughs> oh. holy shit man i mean 62 to zero doesn't look too yeah, yeah i was gonna right. say yeah. i don't know man i'm so sick into my story 62 zero is yeah. a little worse yeah <laughs> So, when you're the upcoming team for the city. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at least you didn't look like you were sliding into everybody's DMs on the ice, though. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, so, so we're uh, going to keep your email off the level four sub needed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. My man. <laughs> yeah. So, so you kind of answered our uh, following question is how you got got in uh, touch with dog nation exactly yep so that was my um my connection with dog nation and then i was a principal at the time became a community superintendent in in uh in jefferson county school district love that work again about leadership how do you grow great leaders um absolutely and that's a passion of mine and so and then when I retired from Jeffco, Marty right away was like, hey, you got to come be on the board of Dog Nation. So then I was on the board of Dog Nation for three years. And then as we uh, generously received the land grant or the land donation from Castle Pines to build this rink, it became really apparent right away that, you know, Marty can't do this alone. Right. He can't run a foundation and run all the major events that we run and and do everything that Marty is doing and run a $38 million capital campaign. Oh, for sure. Well, we all know that Marty, um, you know, the dog father, is just a man on a mission. Yeah. Like, that guy never stops. But, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, at some point, you know, he's got to have a break. So uh, how would you get into that? Yeah. So then, then we approached our board and said, hey, we got to. We got to bring in the, you know, we got to bring in the, the Don Corleone, right? The, oh. the Don uh, Corleone, oh, yeah. You're talking about the Al Pacino, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. You're bringing in the next Don. There exactly. you go. <laughs> and, and so now it's just a matter of when, you know, when the takeover is, right? I mean, I'm, I'm you know, yeah. If Marty gets in a car behind me, I'm always like, what's going on right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Are we going up to a uh, toll booth or uh, is it We're going a drive? for a ride. I'm kidding. We're going for a ride. <laughs> yeah. Why am I sitting in the front seat and people are behind me? So no, no. So it's it's been it's been a great. So we've we've been at it together in our new roles for about a year. Me as executive director, him as president, and man, things are just rolling. And uh, uh, we've got so much positive momentum despite a worldwide pandemic. Um, we've got our dog bowl coming up. We've never had more uh, interest from teams, from sponsors. Our silent auction is rocking. So 
And when you see when you say teams, like, uh, uh, can you elaborate? Like, uh, you know, just like, because uh, it is an ice hockey tournament. Like, what kind of teams are you talking about here? Yeah, you bet. So we have uh, forty-eight teams across seven divisions. So we got, you know, Jeez. of course, based on my history, I still haven't moved out of the lowest division. But <laughs> we've benders, got, the we, Bender League. We've got he the came Benders. In like a wrecking ball. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Miley Cyrus League. That's right. I still don't want to see him on a wrecking ball, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't <laughs> want to see that. No. Yeah. Yeah. I've got teammates who have broken noses. True story. They're like the free, the, the the Freeman train. Stay out of the way of the the Freemanator. So we got we got that league, and then we got all the way up to the uh, Platinum League, which is we have about uh, approximately thirty pro or uh, from current pro guys to uh, former pro guys, all that are just uh, embedded in our Platinum division, and um, including our uh, Mainline West top dogs. That is our kind of our our dog team, but we've never won the Dog Bowl, so our our Dog Bowl team. So the dogs the, have never the, won the, the, the dog dogs bowl. have never won the dog bowl at the highest level. So well, uh, what kind of what kind of other leagues do you have? Do you have like uh, like women's leagues or yep. what's going on there? Absolutely. So this year we added um, two teams to the women's division, which was important to us. We wanted to expand the women's division from four to six. Nice. And cool. Then, and then we have um, and then we have uh, again all the way uh, from. The, the benders all the way to the to the pros and then we also have three sled hockey exhibition oh, games great. which is amazing we wanted to have more but just with covid some of those uh some of those teams with sled it's very expensive for them to travel all the way oh, to colorado incre- incredibly and, so and so you know like just with the uncertainty of that we didn't want to have them commit to like getting their whole team out here when you know there's so much uncertainty so but we do have uh three sled hockey up exhibition games from the highest level like paralympic gold medal level all the way down to uh, sled kid hockey so and we're excited to have you guys there the uh on the bench with beaks is going to be rocking out at our dog bowl as as well as uh um, shaw hockey productions is going to be covering all of the platinum games so oh for sure and um you know like like uh like he said we're going to be there um what are what are some of the things that you are most excited about? I mean, uh, like if we need to get deep, we can get deep. But like, what are you excited about? You know, just right off the top of this, because this is uh, this is your first dog bowl, is is it not? It's my first dog bowl as executive director of the foundation. Yeah, it's pro. I think it's um, maybe my seventh dog bowl as a as a dog, as right? a patron. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so. I've always, uh, you know, uh, enjoyed watching Milan play hockey. Milan, hey Duke, this is going to be his first dog bowl because he's usually in the Czech Republic, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. And no, so right. this oh, is, yeah. So he's playing on our mainline West top dogs, along with uh, Yanni Hada, who's been a guest of this show. So I'll just oh, yeah. big shout out to Yanni. Give you yep. my hey Duke jersey after this episode to take to him. Right? Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Well, just yeah, bring it. Sure. Bring just it bring it. Him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll you see him there signed. for sure. Give him a little uh, smooch on the cheek while exactly. you're at. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, COVID. You know that's uh, that's <laughs> such a funny thing is that uh, like the first time I ever met him was through Dog Nation. Yeah. Milan Hayduk and uh, he was so nice, man. Like we went out to a bar. We uh, you know, we had had burgers and we drank and stuff. He actually paid for all the drinks too. Like thank you, Milan. And um, 
he was so nice enough to like you know just like this random crippled kid to do like a little video uh to send it to uh like one of the uh one of the gals i was talking to at one time because she was a huge milan hating mm. fan and uh i had sent her a text message earlier saying like you will never guess who i'm out to dinner with right now and i, I was like uh well yeah it's milan hayduke and she's like make out with him i dare you <laughs> And so, so what was really cool is that, like, after the dinner and everything, she, uh, he actually agreed to do a little video with me, and and, and it was a video for this gal that, uh, I mean, Jerry, I, I love you, have a good time, um, you'll remember this, and uh, during the video, I was like, hey, Jerry, guess who I'm with, uh, uh, like, Milan Hayduk, and he's like, hey, uh, Jerry, I, I'm Milan Hayduk, but... Uh, Tonight, I will not make out with Cody. <laughs> and then Oh, thing, Jesus. Because I told him about it previously. And I was like, yeah, maybe next time. He's like, yeah, well, maybe next time. And then, like, the video. And I just, like, I, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And it turns out, you know, he's such a huge part of Dog Nation. Uh, apparently, Czech hockey players are amazing and super nice and awesome. Because you've, you've found yourself accidentally on purpose in cars with Jan Haida and stuff like that, too, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Where uh, I know that those guys um, those guys are just amazing, man. Jan and Milan are just, uh, they're like, a, you know, that Czech duo. But just in terms of all of those guys, like uh, John Mitchell, Kyle Quincy, um, uh, John Michael Lyles, they're just all in on helping give back, you know, and that's... That's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's where it just, uh, it's an amazing to watch the, those guys um, just be a part of uh, Dog Nation and uh, and just part of the hockey world giving back. So as I think about our, you know, some of our pros that are joining our Dog Bowl, um, you know, for the DU fans out there, we got, you know, Troy Terry, uh, Gambrell, Will Butcher, you know, uh, Butcher's playing for the Devils. Dylan's playing for San Jose Sharks. Troy Terry's playing for Anaheim. Oh yeah, that's God. huge. And all these, all these guys are playing for in the Dog Bowl, right? And so we get so to awesome. watch pro level hockey. And I'm most, I'm really excited about that, right? Hockey opens again on August 1st. So we'll have, you know, you got NHL hockey. We're trying to broadcast that at the same time as our Platinum Games, at the same time as you guys are broadcasting stuff. Oh, great, yeah. And and to me, like, that's, that's again, like, oh, man, I think people crave normalcy. I know we're, we're trying to be super careful and make sure that we're being, you know, really respectful and cautious and very prepared to make sure that we're taking all the procedures to make sure everybody's safe. Yeah, but, absolutely. But just that sense of normalcy to say, oh, my God, does it feel good to play some hockey and drink exactly. some beer oh, yeah. and watch some just hockey walk. on the screen? Yeah. Right? It's just going to be uh, – that's, you know, that, again, from my point of view, brings, like, some hope back, right? To, oh, like, okay. yeah. You know? And perseverance, man. And perseverance. Like, it, we're going to get through this, right? Like, this whole the, – the entire idea of the dog bowl every single year is true – truly perseverance hope and goodwill absolutely and i mean this year just still coming through and playing you know just throwing off dog bowl 10 is an incredible a tribute to perseverance absolutely and one of the things that is a signature of the dog bowl and we'll have a um uh, 
some of the, of our jerseys and our uh, survivor game kind of uh, is postponed right now, but because a lot of our survivors are immune compromised, so we want to be you know respectful of that and cautious of that. So now, can you uh, can you explain <laughs> the survivor game? Yeah, so everyone in the survivor game has survived something, right? So they've survived cancer, they've survived you know a car crash, they've survived Humboldt a bus crash, they've survived a helicopter crash. Um, and whether it's the players, uh, the coaches, the scorekeepers, the refs, everybody a part of it is a, is a survivor. And so, um, and that's one of the biggest, uh, the biggest, you know, uh, you know, games for the dog bowl where, you know, you normally see all these incredible survivors come in and, you know, that have persevered and get to, you know, play the beautiful game that everybody loves absolutely and so this year in a sense the whole dog bowl is about surviving and persevering right because even to have the event where you know every day is a challenge of okay how do we solve that so we keep so we keep the tournament alive right we gotta you know maybe we have to wear masks while we play maybe we have to have move the whole bar outside we have to um, go in one door and go out the other. It doesn't matter. We're going to persevere and we're going to make this tournament happen, right? Yeah. Because, you know, we want to we want to keep moving forward. And, and I think that's a good lesson for everybody. What do we have to do? And let's figure it out. Let's overcome it and let's make things happen, right? And and keep people safe at the same time. Instead of strong presidents. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the fact that you know in a few years we'll be able to have a dog bowl outside the rinks that aren't built yet, you know, um, that are part of this initiative to bring more sled hockey to Colorado and more accessibility to ice hockey in general to Colorado. Well, let's Um, get into that real quick is because, I mean, a lot of our listeners may not know about this. Just a quick rundown of the, uh, the ice rinks that you are trying, uh, that dog nation is trying to build. And a lot of, uh, a lot of your, donations and a lot of action that comes from the dog bowl this Mm. year is going to be moved into uh well i'll let you take it mike yeah so we are we are uh building a three sheet hockey rink out in castle pines colorado where it's purpose built for the for the disabled athlete has no impact on able-bodied athletes but we're really looking at that sled hockey player that blind hockey player the cognitive disabled player like, how do we make sure we create an inclusive rink that is home and, and that is purpose-built for, for these athletes, right? So that's really powerful. How do we build a hockey rink for all? On August 1st, we're launching our crowdfunding video uh, that is going to be, it's less than two minutes, but, man, is it powerful. It's got John Mitchell in it, Jan Hayda, and some and stakeholders that represent these different athletes to say, we're going to build a hockey rink for all and it's 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 not easy to do but it's much easier to do when you start from the ground yep. up right yep oh yeah and so um we <coughs> have we're going to we're going to enlist you guys in that and making sure that everybody sees our video that day we get to create a big social uplift from across different channels you know from the NHL to you know to the to football to comedians to bands to how do we get everybody to help lift this up? And it's going to be uh, like a, you know, uh, direct people's uh, www.hockeysheart.com. 
And so when they go there that day, when that's live, they're going to, everybody across the world will have a chance to say, you know what, hey, I'm in for that for 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks. I mean, and even 10 bucks or five Right, bucks. And, that, and that, everybody gets to be part of that vision, which again, I would argue, people want to be part of something great. That's something that you can contribute to and change the world. Well, I'll tell you right now, um, I'm, I, I might not be able to get this out without crying. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little uh, softy. But, um, you know, what that means to somebody like me in a wheelchair that uh, always enjoyed being on the ice, that, that shows possibility for me to get back out on the ice. Absolutely. And that, uh, I mean... To, to someone like me, you know, that, I mean, the whole reason why I started, like, well, I got into this podcast is because I love hockey, but I really want to get back out onto the ice, and the fact that um, you guys are working towards a facility where I can feel comfortable, like, coming, coming to and getting out on the ice is, I mean, that's gigantic. Like, Absolutely, I, I I can't even tell you how much that means to me. And um, we actually have an incredible follower, Blind Hawk, uh, a uh, blind hockey player right now that um, would I guarantee you would totally just love it. And and to I mean just to say um, before I start breaking down, um, thank you. You're Thank welcome, you so buddy. much. I, and those I, are those are drivers for us, you know. Like you being able to feel the ice again, and smell the ice, and hear the ice, and feel that wind in your face of of skating on the ice. That's a driver. That like that's freedom, right? That's something we want Cody Beekman to experience truly often that's, again, yeah. right? That's that's the one thing where I I always felt free was on the ice and. The fact that you guys are driving towards that just for, uh, like, for people like me, for people like, you know, the uh, Avalanche Warriors are just incredible. Yeah. And I'll never stop fighting for that, for sure. Yeah. And uh, just to bring us full circle, like, you talked about how you got inspired to be part of Dog Nation partially because of the influence your coaches had on you in different sports so can you imagine the impact you're about to have on other people that would never get into this sport until you gave them the facility to do so absolutely and now you've created an environment where you're going to allow people to experience the same positive leadership that you had to impact their life in a way that you can see the impact it's had on you affect dog nation Imagine these unknowns that are going to go out in the world and do amazing things too. Absolutely. Know? And you think you guys have seen the checks that Dog Nation has, has delivered before to recipients. I mean, they're. Oh, yeah. I have been you know, part of that. You've yeah, been part absolutely. of that. <clears throat> but I, you may not know, I was, in a, I was a recipient of Dog Nation as well. And so it was probably right around the time of your accident, Cody, um, where I took a puck to the head playing pond hockey. And I was going in to, to get, um, you know, stitched up. And then I, you know, crazy story, got in a car accident, pulling into the Kaiser Permanente parking lot to get stitched up. This lady came and took off the front end of my car. And, and you know, literally it was like 911, you know, calls. And 
the, the paramedics roll up and they're like, oh, we had a head injury. I'm like, head injury? No, no, no. This is just from a puck. You know, like, it's not from uh, the accident. You know, yeah. that's so yeah. funny is that that's, yeah. that's the exact same thing that happened to me. Uh, like, the, like a, a couple days before I got into my initial accident, right. accident yeah. that uh, paralyzed me, I, uh, God, this is embarrassing, but I, uh, I actually walked home and uh, took a header into uh, some truck, uh, some truck back in. So everybody, when they saw me in the ICU, they're like, "Oh my God, his face is so bad!" And they're just like, "Well, that was actually from a week before." Right? Yeah. But exactly. uh, sorry, anyways. No, that's funny. <laughs> um, that's funny. But, yeah, but I mean, your organization has meant a lot to me personally too, because uh, you remember Butchie, the, yeah, the ref. Of course, of course. So I, I moved. I moved to Colorado, and I was like trying to stretch before a game that was at 10:30 at night and i'm like what the hell am i doing out here at 10:30 at night like i got better things to do i got work in the morning I'll like fuck this that is hockey this is just ridiculous thing, right and that's pretty much what butchie said to me he's like but you're here and you're playing hockey and you're playing hockey like apparently this means something to you and he mm. he made me realize that like holy crap like this is my my release this is my moment but I was on the verge of quitting the game and this guy like brought me into mm. a realization that like just check your shit at the door and enjoy this time um and then not more than two weeks later i see you guys involved with an um, like a guy i played rec league hockey with in chicago who lost his mother who was a huge figure in his life and they let him drop the puck go to the other end of the ice and score a goal as like a tribute to how much that has meant to him and like now i'm on the verge of fucking crying too man like hey bud it's really cool to be able to be here sitting in colorado as a transplant from a different city and to experience the effect that your cause has made on me in multiple cities over the last few years it's yeah. it's really awesome so yeah and you know what part of what that story tells me too is like Again, it goes back to it doesn't, you know, tragedy comes for everybody, right? It doesn't matter if, you know, you're Canadian or American. It doesn't matter if you're American Indian like Butch or, you know, or any, any race, nationality, sexual preference. It doesn't matter, man. Tragedy is tragedy. And when you need help, you need help. Yep. And so what I love about Dog Nation is we come in. And when I say we, I mean all of us, right? Not Dog Nation, but, you know, everybody comes in and says, how do we help you and how do we walk alongside you in your journey towards recovery? Where my favorite part, like even for myself, like Dog Nation, you know what they did for me? They gave us $250 and a car, a fully gassed up Suburban so I could get my family to North Dakota because I just lost my car, right? I just lost a family car in this accident. And it was like the day before Christmas. And I was like, shoot, I'm not going to be able to get my family in North Dakota for Christmas. And, uh, and they came over with $250 like gas card and a fully gassed up Suburban. All vacuumed out, ready to go. Dog Nation t-shirts for everybody and said, get your family to North Dakota. And that never left me because I thought, you know, $250 ah, was man. a lot of money in that situation. We've given checks for over hundred thousand dollars but two hundred and fifty dollars that's my wife and i's favorite donation to make some version of you know two hundred and fifty dollars 
$2,500, like, like that $250 can change somebody's life, you know? And you're looking at someone that has that $250 has changed someone's life yeah. over and over again. Easily. And I hear there's some other things that we can spend money on that yes, can there change is. people's lives. Yes, yes. Yeah, there is. absolutely. We've got, uh, cool stuff. we've got uh, the Dog Bowl 10's uh, auction that has some incredible stuff. I mean, even if you're, you know, like a drunkard like me, you know, we've got like whiskey <laughs> bottles. Easy, if easy. You're, if you're a baseball <laughs> fan, you've got that. If you're uh, like you know, a basketball fan and obviously a hockey fan. Um, Dog Nation always puts on an incredible, incredible auction. Yes, we do. That, like, w- along with the Dog Bowl. And uh, this, and what's so cool about this, this year, I mean, obviously COVID's kind of like grabbed, uh, grabbed its claws and just set it in. But the coolest thing about this, this year is that you can... You can uh, bid from wherever you're sitting. Like, literally right now, you can bid on these incredible items. So, you know, I think uh, we're going to kind of go through some of our uh, favorite items. Oh, yeah. So, I'm going to actually, you know, um, like I said, um, I, you know, on the bench with Beaks Manor. We're going to have uh, Mike start us oh, off. Oh, man, thank you. <laughs> Again, so our auction, we have over 120 live au- auction items right now. And we add every day, we add incredible items to this list. And, again, that just shows, like, the power of the community. Like, these items are being given to us, right? Sign sticks and golf ter- golf foursomes and river rafting trips. And, I mean, just incredible, incredible stuff. And so all you have to do is... is text um you got to text dog bowl 10 to 76278 dog bowl 10 that's to dog, that's dog bowl x. x yes thank you good if good clarification and uh, also d-a-w-g mm-hmm. not d-o-g yep there you go to 76278 and then you start bidding it's also on our home page of our of our uh website dog nation hockey foundation but dot org dot org dot org my my favorite item right now is a flashback to 1980 again february 22nd 1980 what team do you play for yes exactly and it's a mike Ruzioni jersey scored the winning goal for the 1980 gold medal olympic team and so we have like a mike signed mike Ruzioni jersey and that's like just so nostalgic right it's like for me football wise that's like fran tarkington right oh, for the minnesota vikings so mike awesome. Ruzioni. 1980 Olympic team like uh, that's that that's that's one of my favorites as long as well as there's a there's a house uh, one of the houses that's uh, up for uh, auction that you can rent f- for the weekend or buy for the weekend I guess and like it's like right on the river you can just walk out and fly fish so it's just oh, where's that where's that uh, that uh, that's the Breckenridge that one, right? I think is in Breck yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. so you you can literally bid for an incredible house on the river absolutely man it's like a right? staycation and, and oh. rally some boys up there for a boys weekend or you whatever know what i right? think i think i think you've got your first better 
<laughs> so um, uh, let's keep let's keep moving this on. Let's go, uh, Daniel. Daniel, what are you uh, what are you going to be bidding uh, on this weekend? Yeah, so um, you can all just stop bidding on the Joe Sackett Canada jersey right now. That's, that's like a, that's, that's like a desperate play right there. Uh, so basically, like I love Joe where, Sackett. Where do First I of stop? all, Burnaby Joe, right? So Burnaby I got Joe. the Vancouver connection like I needed one, uh, and then. The other thing I love about Joe is like, look at that jersey. It's not 19. It's not number 19. And you're like, it's what never been. is going on with the number 19 in Canada hockey history? And you're like, well, we've got Jonathan Taze. We got uh, Steve Eiserman. We got uh, Jay Bomeister. We got uh, Joe Sackick. And it's like, who takes their turn at 19? And the dope thing about the 91 is, uh, or, the, or the 19 hole situation is like that's awkward for Sackick and Eiserman and all all those other guys and well when you want when you really want to look at it it's like I mean uh, Eiserman was in the league before uh, that's right uh, Burnaby Joe so and so you think oh okay well that's why he took what number he did out of respect to Eiserman and then the coolest classiest thing about Sackick in that whole history. Is like there was a time, and you have to know, like I'm a guy that collects Canada Olympic hockey jerseys. My jersey on the bench video, that's all that it's about. And like you have Sackick not taking 19 when it's available because he's like, you know, I've been, I've been wearing 91. Joe Bo, uh, Jay Bowmeister, it's your turn. Before you were on the Blues, you wore 19. Have it. And like that's class, man. That's oh, class. Yeah. So that, like, that there's is a- so much about that jersey that's like history within the number and then the fact that it's available damn i love that so take a look at that one for sure i am <laughs> how much do you want me to run you up <laughs> uh it's a it's a good bidding war we'll get into i guess we all might be spending some money at this uh dog ball i'm here, gonna be so like. broke i'm gonna be so broke go for broke uh keats keats what you got here man what, what what's what's the dog nation you know uh auction item that you're looking at and just trying to get just get your fingers on so i'm a little I'm, uh, i guess i'm a little different uh i'm not I'm, I'm not trying to go for the jerseys or anything like that well maybe maybe allegedly allegedly throw us off the scent yeah i'm, I'm watching I, you i might take that home but uh um but anyways um where what i'm interested in is um uh, there's a man by the name called John Jay. Uh, John Jay is someone that's been part of the Dog Nation for a very long time, and he was also my, I should say, my very first team captain when I, per se, came out of my retirement stage and got into beer league hockey. Uh, by the way, brew crew for life. Um <laughs> Anyways, uh, as he's sitting here with his avalanche bear on his right knee. Uh, Isn't that cute, though? Isn't that cute, the little patty wall bear? I was wondering if we're talking about that or what's going uh, on. No, I just figured I'd just address the elephant <laughs> there, in the room. There's a story bear in the room. Anyways, anyways, get back into it. But no, anyways, so so John's, uh, John's been part of the dog name for, for quite some time. And I remember every time we would be done with a game or before a game, he would go straight to the um, ice rink staff and ask, hey, do you have any broken sticks? And he'd pick up a crap load of them. And he'd, he'd get to the point where he's like, hey, 
if you got a broken stick, you leave it and I will come grab it from you. Wow. So anyways, everyone's probably like, what's up with these broken sticks? What John does is uh, what it, he builds chairs out of uh, broken hockey sticks that he puts together himself and then he donates them to Dog Nation where they can auction them off for money that obviously goes to the Dog Nation to help someone in needs yeah. down the we're road. We're talking like Adirondack chairs, like lounge yeah. chairs style, yep. right? Lounge yeah. chairs. They come in many different shapes and sizes. Oh, okay, I think cool. it's... Uh, Whatever, uh, whatever he feels like that time, he yeah. builds them. But they've they've had different different styles, and they're super cool. Oh, um, yeah, they are really cool. We've but got the, we've got four of them this year too, Keats. One of them has Dog Nation like dog sticks on the outside, two sticks. That's that really might cool. that might have to be mine wow. that I get this year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know easy, about that. easy. I'm kidding. No, but the but the reason the mm-hmm. reason why I wanted was because John's just a cool dude and 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 a little story about him is like he always just looks out for people and he like he loves to get to know people for example like when i started to play for brew crew he knew it was a latvian coming out of latvia and had you know passion for latvian hockey and all that and uh outside of what john does for dog nation he's also a big uh, like a gear collector and like things like that he just loves like anything hockey well just like a hockey nerd <laughs> And apparently one day, one day, and uh, he was browsing through eBay or whatnot, and he ended up finding this uh, sweet Latvia jersey, all embroidered and whatnot, and Baby. and pretty unique. And and he just he knew I played for him, and he just picked up the jersey. And uh, one day, we're after a game, he's like, oh, and it was like nonchalant too. Oh, by the way, and he just throws it at me. And I'm like, what's this? And he's like, oh, I found it. I figured you'd like it. It's yours. And it was it was this all-embroidered Latvia jersey. It's actually the one I wore last episode. Nice. I don't know if uh, you guys were able to see it on uh, on YouTube, but that was that was the one that John Jay gave me. Beauty. And uh, I love it. It's honestly one of my favorite jerseys. Nice. But, but, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to go for, the chair. All right. So I'm, I'm just going to roll down my favorite is uh it's the signed La- Landis Gog <laughs> Avalanche jersey. It's it's beautiful. I mean, I love Gabba Landis Gog and uh I mean when, one of the first years he, he was here, he uh he met me down at the uh like the signing plots like this the signing plot place. And oh, right by the buses and everything. Yeah, we've talked about this story a bunch there, and, buddy. Uh, you know what was so cool is that like they uh, like there were like maybe three women, like maybe teen gals that were there, and they had asked her. Oh, uh, I mean, asked him. Excuse me. Uh, they had asked Landeskog to call one of their friends oh yeah that's right you're right and he made like a 10 minute call to this gal and was just like he he was so stoked about it and he was so into the conversation and as soon as he finished that phone call he turned over to me he did like he, he took one look at me and he said let me give you a hug I love it. Mm. I love that story. And he gave me the biggest, most, like, 
inviting hug ever. So I'm going to have to say, yeah, that 92 signed uh, jersey. I'm gonna be vit- uh, I'm gonna be bidding on. You're it would look be great on the wall in the laboratory, right? Right. Absolutely. Well, you're Absolutely. gonna be vigilant on that shit too. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually running out of a lot of room here and there. Well, but uh, hey, I mean, Landy, thank you so much. Yagaska day. So thank. Uh, Taksomike. Um. So. At the very end of this little uh, podcast, what do you want to what do you want to say to everybody out there, Mike? Well, I just think you know where you where you ended right there uh, is is a great is a great place, right? What Landy showed you, and and what I've been witnessing, I've been inspired by. So I know that I know that all of you guys have maybe different stories of where you've been inspired in your life, and hopefully, Dog Nation has been part of that. And I just got to say to your listeners, Cody, I've been so inspired. I've, this is my third visit up to uh, on the bench with Beaks. And I've, you know, I've, I watch a lot, right? I watch and I observe a lot. And what I've observed has just been an amazing story because I watch your dad, Phil, love on you. And I see the love between a father and a son. And I see the father just you know, taking care of you and, and he's so proud of you. He just loves you. Oh, I love him so much, And I much see too. the love back that you reciprocate to your dad. And I see you guys, you know, uh, the way you guys love on your friend Cody. And it just inspires me, man. Like, you know, uh, if you're listening to this, you can't see this. If you're on YouTube, you can. You can see Phil coming over and making sure Cody has something to drink. You see these guys changing out his headphones to me like that's what life is about how do we serve each other and how do we like meet you know kind of meet somebody where they are and so i want you guys to hear that like you guys inspire me you guys inspire dog nation to like keep going and keep working hard because it's worth it because it matters to people and so i just want to say thank you guys because even the way you podcast dog nation's going to start a podcast someday because of you guys because we look at the what the good work you're doing even through this podcast and go how do how do we do that how do we be as cool as on the bench with beaks you know we're always so so happy to help you i know you are yeah and i just so i want you to hear that though i want that to soak in because when you see that unconditional love living out in the lives of friends like i'm watching here and between a father and a son um, it's pretty inspiring, and it's just it just reminds you of you know again what we talked about earlier. How do you be the best person you can be? Oh yeah, no. that's awesome, man. And yeah. that can speak volumes with just God, depending on your situation and what you're going through. I mean, because God, Cody and I, and I mean that would be the same for you, Dan and Keats. If you're to go out with Cody, I mean. People get inspired. They come up and they talk to you about the mm-hmm. whole situation. Like, and it's kind of great to either have Beeksy tell his story or even just go down your own road and just tell him how you were inspired by him. Because exactly. he inspires me daily. Yep. It's great. Well, that's the thing is that I, I would only want people to be inspired and to make their own story. That's all I want. Well, I want people to make their own story <clears throat> and to be happy about it. So, uh, well, hey, man, I think it's been a 
awesome freaking episode. Oh, yeah. Wow, absolutely. I think we got a good one again. Yeah, I mean, shout out, like, the reason, if we're doing shout outs, the reason I'm here is oh, yeah. because of you guys, right? Like, and, and then the reason I'm still here is because you guys were including and inclusive yeah. to me. And so, yeah. The we're love, friends with yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah, everyone's, yeah. We like to be buddies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Met the bear. A, casu- a casual <laughs> hug with the smooch or something like that. Yeah, we're well, good. That's the thing, is that the only reason why we started this podcast is to be with other people who love hockey as much as we do. Absolutely. And I can't wait I can't wait to have you guys down at Dog Bowl ten next week and Yeah, it's gonna be so, and, and the so energy much fun. that's I'm gonna stoked. be around that situation. Is Where's gonna that be gonna amazing. be? Uh that's gonna be down at the edge in Littleton, Colorado. It's gonna be uh starting uh Wednesday, July twenty ninth, all the way through championship Sunday on August second. Uh, we don't have spectators, but you, we're going to be broadcasting all the Platinum Games live uh, via uh, Shaw Hockey Productions and you guys on yep. the bench with Beaks. And uh, we're going to have a beer garden out there. We're gonna, we have a lot of square footage so people can spread out. We've got a lot of really good safety precautions in place trying to keep everybody safe. And we've got TVs out in the beer tents where people can watch the games, from the Platinum Games and other games from inside. Uh, including the women's championship we're gonna have check presentations where we're giving back to people and so um you know come join us we're gonna have some food trucks on fridays uh and saturday and so uh again it's just going to be a great five days of giving back and and uh and and listen you know listen to on the bench with beaks as they cover a lot of our great hockey stories as well as our human stories can't wait and love it not that I want to encourage people to bid against me, but until what date does the auction run and when I is think, that going on? I think uh, the auction closes that Saturday night, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think it's at 6, but don't quote. Yeah. I don't want any like, you know, hey, you said 6. and Some, I just want to so, point out the tournament yeah. ends Sunday, but the auction ends Saturday. The auction ends Saturday, and then people like start picking up their stuff, you know, Saturday night and Sunday. So. And Dan's going to be shark in the second jersey. <laughs> hey, I want you to bid against me. The more money we raise, the yeah. better. Oh, right? yeah. So. Hey, one quick Jan Hada funny story. So Jan, Jan and John Mitchell were, were kind enough to, uh, to volunteer for um, the river rafting trip. Is a kind of river raft, you know, by, oh, shit. by the <laughs> river raft trip with either Jan or John Mitchell. That's awesome. Right? And so Yanni and I were in the car the other day. He's like... So, you know, and his, I, I can't do his Czech accent, but he's so damn funny because he's so dry in his, in yeah, his sense of humor so and so funny. witty. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And it's, it's so funny. And it's rafting down the Arkansas River. So he turns to me. I'm, we're driving up to, like, uh, to one of our beer sponsor, Catamount Incorporated, to get the, the check for the beer sponsorship, take some photos up there with them. And he says, so, Mike, how, how we get to Arkansas? I said, how do we get to Arkansas? What do you mean, man? Yeah, because the river rafting is in Arkansas. So no, it's the Arkansas River. <laughs> yeah, it's here in it Colorado. Goes to Arkansas. Are we not yeah. in Arkansas <laughs> right yeah. now? Yeah, and uh, he's like, "Are we flying to Arkansas to, ri- to river raft?" And then I look over at him. He just gives me that funny smile, like he's just messing with me the whole time. <laughs> so, Oh, that's amazing. Anyway, a little shout out to Yanni. Uh, we made. Uh, uh, hey, he's Kui making us cheers. Uh, Yanni. Yep. Well, I'll tell you right now, that was that was an incredible episode. I mean, uh, I don't think we've ever gotten as deep 
as we have tonight, and I think that was incredible. Uh, what do you boys think, eh? Well, before, since I didn't get it in, I'm going for that Stasny jersey for the Vegas Golden Ooh, Knights. Oh, the Vegas one. Keep your hands off that thing. There's a guy. Oh, Polly Walnuts. <laughs> I love I, me some Polly Walnuts. <laughs> I know we've had some serious discussions on, like, uh, Facebook. Uh, there's a lot of people coming after that one, so get ready. Oh. Yeah, get oh, ready. Good thing I've yeah, got my money hard. saved. Overtime Either that shifts. or I'm just going to say. Overtime no. shifts. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Uh, uh, within a week. <laughs> all right, so, Daniel, what you want to say? Uh it's definitely not just the Molson Canadian flowing through me that makes me say how much fun this has been. I'm, I'm having a great time, and I'm looking forward to next week. And, uh, oh, yeah. Dog Bowl 10 is going to be one for the ages. Uh, you guys got to check us out on YouTube. We'll be posting so much stuff there during the time. And also Dog Nation, you know, like check out their page for not only the, the auction going on, but also like we're going to have interviews with pro players uh, people in the tournament and everyone in between, including recipients. survivors and cer- and recipients. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You guys will definitely enjoy checking it out. So and even thanks. like people that have possibly donated too. Oh, of course, oh, Keith. Yeah. What you got there, bro- brother? I mean, like absolutely. I can't. I can't wait for the dog bowl. I'm so excited to interview all these great people and uh, just being a part of this great organization. Um, other than that, you know, again, like I want to say big, big thank you to My Beer Nation uh, yep. for supporting us, getting us the stickers. We got some hats that we're going to be giving away. Yeah, to they're going to be coming too. out here very soon. Um, so people can look forward to that. And uh, again, uh, YouTube, guys, brand new for us. Please, please, please subscribe on youtube uh we're gonna have live videos coming out and and daniel's been working really hard to you know to update all the episodes all the other episodes coming into the new ones where we have the live streams so please go there and subscribe and 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 just listen to our podcast uh this has been so much fun also i'm gonna add this in do our nhl bracket challenge oh absolutely oh yes please Mm. uh Let's we, go head to head. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's see who uh, who think uh, who you think are gonna win. I mean, obviously you're gonna get some free on the bench with big stuff if you uh, sign up for the bracket challenge of on the bench with beaks. And I I've always gotta say thank you so much, Mike Freeman, for doing everything that you do uh, and coming and talking with us. And I'm so excited for next weekend. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, uh, thank you, My Beer Nation. Dan Williams is always a very incredible contributor. We've got some incredible like hats coming down. And you know what? Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love it. I love seeing everybody chilling. And um, one more little shout out. I'm going to say thank you to the Patrick Wild Little Bear. The Patrick Wild. <laughs> the, the good luck charm is here. The one that Keats put on the back of his net. So I'm going to say thank you to that. Thank you to my dad. Thank you to uh, Keats' dad. Thank you to everybody. Um, enjoy. We love you all. Thank you so much. Avidas in. Till next time, guys. See Thanks guys. so much for listening. Vihorch. Abiento.